Hey, welcome to this edition of the Investors Podcast. Welcome to the show, guys. Hi. Hi, thanks, thanks for, for having, having us. us. Absolute pleasure. I mean, I've been excited. It's like, uh, this is like, I think it's like episode number three since I split the podcast. I used to uh, run it together with my other podcast as one, but it became too confusing. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's one of those things, you know, it's like one minute I'm talking about marketing and, uh, you know, world affairers. And the next minute I'm like, hey, you should buy a house. You know, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're honored to be one of the first few since the split. So. So absolutely. So I like to start off the show with uh, a brief bio of who you are, what you do, and how you got there. Okay. Sure thing. Yeah. So I'm Dakota. This is Jeff. I'm Jeff. Hello. And uh, we're a Pentacon Investments, and we started investing just just about five years ago. We keep saying four and a half years, and I think we're getting on to five eventually. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we started about five years ago, initially really just learning as much as we could. And a lot of self-education, listening to yeah. podcasts, uh, reading a lot of books and that kind of thing. Yeah. And then decided to hop into our first project in 2018, which was a uh, secondary dwelling unit conversion. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty interesting. Like, was, uh, yeah, we dove in head first. Because a big project to take on for our first one, especially not really knowing what we were doing. We thought we knew what we were doing, but mm -hmm. yeah. We knew enough to be dangerous, yeah. I think is the best way to put it. Yeah. Well, yeah, isn't that always the case? You buy a house and then you're rich, right? Like, it just first off, think, you don't I even think, have to work anymore. Just yeah. that's what put on your down said. payment, quit your job, game over, right? Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? If only. If only that's yeah. how it worked. It's uh, so true. Yeah. But I mean, we, we learned a lot from that project. It wasn't the easiest one. That's for sure. Um, took probably longer than it was supposed to. And we probably spent more money than we should have, but learned a lot and came out of it. It was still a successful project and realized that despite it being so difficult that we wanted to do more of them. Mm -hmm. uh, so got ourselves, got ourselves a coach, which I think that was a big game changer for us. Yeah. We wanted proper education. <laughs> yeah. Well, how'd you find that coach? So we've always been very intentional with finding our coaches. So we actually, we had this coach and then we've actually moved on to another coach uh, at this time, but we've been very intentional. So we always say when people ask us, you know, how do you find a coaching program? Uh, figure out what your goals are, figure out where you want to go and then find somebody who's already doing that and get them to teach you how to get there. So that's how we found our first coach. It was someone we were interested in doing the secondary dwelling unit conversions. Uh, it was someone in the area that was doing a whole bunch of them. So we actually seeked her out in particular and said, hey, you're doing a bunch of them. We want to get better. How do we do it? I think we had to chase her down for a little bit. She yeah. wasn't coaching right away um, when we first when we first got in contact with her. But uh, I don't know. I think we wore her down. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, well, that's, that, that's very interesting. Like, I mean, I'm assuming that, um, we're, let me, let me get into another question before we get into this one. Sorry. Um, you know, when you got into real estate, I mean, there's so many avenues of investing out there that it doesn't have to be just real estate out there. Like some people get into stocks, some people get into crypto and uh, I'm biased and have opinions on them, but I won't get into it. Um, so, so, so okay. I think I'm getting my answer just from that, but <laughs> so I was going to say is like, how did you choose real estate over just say stocks or RSPs or GICs or any of that? So what happened was Jeff had actually, Jeff knew a little bit about real estate investing. I think was sort of interested in it. 
And he had said, why don't we go to this one day event and learn a little bit more about it? And I had no interest in it. I had like just graduated from my university degree. I was in my first like big girl career position. So I was like, why would I do that on a, a Saturday in an air conditioned room in the summer? Uh, but we went anyway. And just throughout the day, I realized how powerful it was. Uh, I think, you know, it's not talked about as much as it should be. And it's one of the oldest forms of investing. Like the word landlord is not a new word. And I think that's pretty obvious just from like the root of it, <laughs> Lord of the land, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I think, yeah, I think we just learned a lot that day and realized how powerful it could be. The fact that you can get active income from it, the fact that you can build wealth generation from it. It's a tangible asset. Uh, the real estate cycles, I mean, they're not, I'm not going to say they're predictable, but it's a cycle, you know, it's going to go up, you know, it's going to come down. And as long as you can, you know, get through those downs and get into the ups, it's a really great way to invest. Uh, and I like that you had a lot more control over your asset and what you're like, what you're actually getting into. Mm -hmm. So that's what attracted me to it. I don't know if you have anything else to add. No, I think you pretty much summed it up. Uh, one key word there was uh, tangible asset. Right. It's something that I can see. I can I can touch it. I can yeah. hug it. It's doing really well. Yeah. People are always <laughs> going to need a place to live, yeah. whether that's buying a home or renting a home or renting a home or an apartment. And yeah, that that's what really attracted us to it. Yeah, you know what? That, that's the thing. It's, again, it's another one of those play on words, but you know, real estate. So it's like real asset versus yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I kind of love real the asset. real estate business for the same reason. Um like I found the stocks to be just too based on hype and perception. Yeah. Yes. And One person's tweet can really affect a, <laughs> uh, an entire stock. Right. So yeah, that, that's terrifying to me. Yeah. Well, exactly. Like for me, it was one of those things that when I saw a, a company is in a profitable position, they made, I think it was like, they made like 9% profit and the stocks went down 22%. And I'm like, really? How? Exactly. Like, that makes no sense. How and why. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I figure if it's that, you know, erratic, I'm not interested. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I love it. But then here comes the big question, right? Like you got your property, but, and you just got into it. So it obviously interests you, but how do you qualify for it? How did, how did you get into it that way? Like, because yeah. it, I, I know it's not easy to get the mortgage these days, especially. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this was back in 2019. Yeah. 2019, we bought that. So interest rates were a little bit different. Uh, we were both working full time. So we, we actually qualified for just conventional financing. Mm -hmm. We moved into the house as well. So okay. we, we can't leave that part out. Yeah. So we we actually, did some house hacking. <laughs> yeah. We, um, we moved into the upper unit and, uh, and then did the, the conversion of the basement unit while we were living there. And what I will also say is Jeff had actually bought a townhome uh, in 2012. Yeah, in 2012 ish. So he had already had some equity in his townhome. So we actually refinanced his townhome for the down payment for the new house. So we actually leveraged the townhome, rented the townhome out and then bought this uh, this bungalow that we converted. So we and again, that's another beautiful part about real estate is the fact that you can leverage real estate. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's not very many other areas in investing that you can use leverage that way. 
So we leveraged the townhome, bought the new, um, bought the new bungalow, rented out the townhome, and then everything was sort of self-sustaining after that. That's true. Now, did you guys end up with cash flow through doing that, or is it, or did you? Uh, well, obviously, you're going to reduce your payments because I mean you're collecting rents. But mm-hmm. um, was it cash flowing properties, or was how did that work? Yeah, so it did. Uh, it did help while we were living upstairs. It helped pay our mortgage. It didn't pay the full thing. It didn't cash flow while we were living there. However, we've since moved out, have both units rented out, and it is cash flowing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is phenomenal, right? Yeah. So it is possible, obviously. Yeah. yeah, we still have that property as well. Yeah, the townhome we've sold since, but that was actually cash flowing as well, just as a single family, which is very tough in the Ottawa area to do now on a single family. But at the time, the way that the refinance worked, we were still able to cash flow on it. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you went there, right? Because uh, single family homes are just really what they're called now, which is single family. Yeah. It's not intended to cash flow like it used to. Now, not to say that there's no place in the world that you can find it. There are going to be if you look hard enough. Mm-hmm. But typically, if you're looking like an Ontario will use, it's almost no chance of getting a single family home and cash flowing with today's interest rates. And even if you do find one, if you lose your tenant, you only have one tenant. And if you're baking for a month, then I mean, you've pretty much just eaten into your cash flow for the year, mm-hmm. right? So you need to re- be really careful because you have one customer buying your product versus if you get into multifamily, then you have, I don't know, 16 unit building, you're going to have 16 customers buying your product. Yeah. Right. And that's exactly where I was leading you to. So it was, uh, <laughs> we're yeah. on the train with you. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm a real estate agent, right? And I'm probably one of the few real estate agents that goes and tells people don't buy single family homes. It's like, and, and I get that look like, huh? <laughs> it's like most people are like, you got to buy a home. It's an investment to your future. No, it isn't. <laughs> you know, but hey, I always say it's like, if you don't have the ability to be able to get into, you know, bigger items, start there, but don't think that's your end goal. Yeah. Right. Like you got to start somewhere and where you start, it doesn't matter as long as you start. Get in the so, game. Exactly. So with that being said, obviously you guys are into multifamily now. What was the process there? What was the difference? And how did you guys feel emotionally? Like, did you find it a struggle or was it uh, an easy uh, jump? It's always been the goal. So it was a, it was a very easy jump. We, uh, we've wanted to get into multifamily since the beginning. We just didn't think it was within our reach at the time. So that's why we went for a single, a single family home um, converted it to two units just to, to make that cash flow ability a little bit nicer um, and to up the value of the property as well. But yeah, really the biggest thing was that it just didn't seem like it was attainable in our, in our position. And that's where the proper education and getting a coach that can actually push you to realize that, Hey, this is something that you can get into uh, that really helped. Yeah, I think we had pictured ourselves, I mean, we had duplexes, so we had already been able to underwrite duplexes. Uh, we had pictured ourselves maybe going for you know, triplexes, fourplexes, maybe get adventurous and get a six unit building. And we ended up getting into a coaching program and we realized very quickly that it's actually not that much different. There's more zeros, obviously, at the end of your purchase price, but there's also more zeros at the end of your uh, income, there's more zeros really at the end of everything. Mm-hmm. And that's the biggest difference. 
Well, so, and the fact that it's easier to qualify for a commercial product than it is for just a residential product. Yeah. Like, for us entrepreneurial people, it's yeah. easier. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I think the, the transition at first was a little bit scary. You know, you're walking through, I think our first walkthrough was a 27 or 28 unit building. Mm -hmm. And that was a little intimidating, but really after that, it, like we realized that it's it's the same thing as walking through a single family home or walking through a duplex. There's just more rooms to look at. There's yeah. a, a bigger boiler. Maybe there's two boilers. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was a little scary at the beginning, but you know, once we sat down and really thought about it, it like that fear factor kind of went away. And like Jeff said earlier, now we realize we have 27 or however many units, that many people living in our building. And if one leaves at that point, it's almost a non-event. Right. Mm -hmm. Instead of if you have a duplex or a single family home, your tenant leaves. That's a big deal because now that's on you to cover that. Mm -hmm. uh, so it was I'm very happy we made that transition and had that mindset shift uh, because I I'm, I think it's going to be good for us. I think going forward, I think it's a smart decision. There's less emotion involved as mm -hmm. well when it comes to buying uh, a multifamily building it's all logic and reason versus single family homes those are that's all emotion yeah so we, we have flipped single family homes and your end buyer you're really trying to tug on emotional strings when you're doing your renovations you want you want them to fall in love with the house whereas a multifamily building when you're going to purchase it or or even or sell it or whatever it just has to make sense mm -hmm. from a business perspective that is true, actually. And, and, that, and I guess that helped get over that fear, right? Once you can take the emotion out of it. Yeah. yeah. And that's a big Absolutely. deal in real estate investing, right? It, it can't be emotional. Everything has to be based on your numbers, even a flip, right? You're trying to tug on maybe the buyer's heartstrings, but for you, it's, it's numbers and everything has to be numbers when you're in real estate. Yeah, absolutely. Now, again, you said that's the big thing, right? The numbers and the math, that's the most important thing here. Mm -hmm. but like, it, like I'm going to go into the mortgages, right? Cause it's a different qualification thing. Yes. Now, since you've been through it and are going to have a different perspective from me than from an agent perspective, can you guys get into the uh, qualifying and how that works? Yeah. So from a, from a commercial perspective, uh, it is different than um, like a single family home because what they're actually looking at is the building itself. They're not, as much looking at you as a buyer. Whereas if you're buying a single family home, they want to know, you know, where do you work? How much money do you make? Um, what are all of like, what does your, well, I guess credit score, either way, they want to take a look at that, yeah. but it's really yeah, dependent on your, your taxes from last year, yeah. two years ago, whatever. It's but, really dependent on you as a person. Whereas if you get into the multifamily space, they're looking at that building as a business now. So they want to make sure, does the does your business work? Does your building work? Does it cash flow? Does it make sense? And then they'll look at you more as like, can you manage the building? Do you have experience management? Or do you have a property management company that's going to be taking over that does know the, like how to do that? Mm -hmm. So they're looking at you more from a qualification perspective of can you can you deal with this building? Not can you financially qualify for that mortgage yeah they want to know your net worth and they want to know basically your track record and can, mm -hmm. are you going to be able to manage this asset once you have it in your possession yeah that makes sense mm -hmm. so again like do you have to be employed to get approved for that no 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 the building again the the biggest part is the building has to 
has to be able to be self-sustaining essentially. Mm-hmm. And then you as the owner need to be able to manage that building. And that's what they want to know. Yeah. Makes total sense. Love it. So with that being said, are you guys still working or have uh, you guys crossed over to the next level? We did cross over. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations <laughs> on that. Full-time investors. Thank you. It that's sounds phenomenal. interesting saying it that way, but it we have crossed so. over. <laughs> <laughs> well, because that's, Let's be honest. That's the part that seems like it's impossible, right? That's the biggest fear. It's like, oh my God, what will I do? You know, like, what if I lose my job? And it's like, it's like you said, it's not on your job. It's not on you. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's on your responsibility. Uh, So it's, you know, your credit score matters for that reason. But once they, you know, you've proven yourself to be responsible, then it goes on, on the building, like you said. Yep. Yeah. Which It's phenomenal. Right. So, and again, that's my dream. I'm an agent and I have my license. But I'll be honest, other than seeing the MLS, I don't care about it. I probably shouldn't say that in my brokerage, but <laughs> we won't tell anybody. <laughs> it's the truth. Now, don't get me wrong, I like helping people. I'm not saying yeah. I don't, but it's not, it's more of the short-term version, not the long term. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, a lot of people get they want that financial freedom piece. And that doesn't mean that you have to quit your job necessarily. Like financial freedom means you can do what you want with your time. So it doesn't necessarily, like if someone loves their job, they can still be financially free and working, but they love their job and that's how they're choosing to spend their time. And I think that's the biggest thing about financial freedom is it doesn't necessarily have to mean quitting your job, right? No, the whole definition of freedom is the freedom of choice, the ability to choose what you do, not being told what to do. Exactly. That's, uh, That's exactly it. Which is phenomenal. So is you got into that 27 uh, unit building mm-hmm. and obviously you have the home you're living in. Then, um, how, so how many doors in total do you have? I think that's where I'm getting at. Yeah. So we actually didn't end up moving forward with the 20s or whatever it was, 27 unit building. Well, uh, that was just our first walkthrough. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Very intimidating. And it was... <laughs> easier than we thought in the end but at the time we were terrified going into it because that was the biggest building we'd walked through yeah so right now we're actually still working on um like obtaining our first larger multifamily. Um, we actually have one under contract right now which we're just deciding right now if we're going to be moving forward with it it's 24 units uh but that's that's been the biggest mind shift is we've like we had a we were looking at a 16 unit building that we had under contract we of this 24 unit building under contract. And I think everything we've underwritten in the last, I want to say four or five months has been 16, 16 plus units. Above, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. We, because we've crossed over, <laughs> that actually sounds really weird <laughs> when I say it. Like, um, it's easier for us, as we kind of explained with the, the qualifying process and getting a mortgage for it, it's easier for us to go for the larger buildings than it is to mm-hmm. go for the smaller ones because we we wouldn't qualify for a, a fourplex, but we could qualify for a 16 unit. Kind of sounds backwards, but that's just the way the commercial mortgages work. Mm-hmm. 100%. To be honest, I'm not that much uh, different than you guys that way. <laughs> well, I mean, as an agent, we're all commission-based, yeah, right? So it's like now the government created programs for us, but it's still a hassle. Right. I'm not going to say like, I mean, I do have a mortgage. I do have a place which I'm selling, but, um, it was a hassle. I'm not going to like, you know what I mean? Like, I think I swore at my uh, mortgage broker a thousand times, 
You know, like, I mean, I'd be honest, if he was in front of me, I probably would have threw things at him. Yeah, <laughs> and he's my friend. <laughs> yeah, as soon as you you become an entrepreneur, even if you're making a whole bunch of money, it can be very tough yeah. to get a mortgage. It doesn't matter how much income you have. It's just not the same as having a job, which is unfortunate, but you got you to gotta deal with how the game works, right? So. Oh, exactly. And, and that's the thing. Right now, look at it. It goes to what you're saying. It's based on the building whole different uh, ball game. Now yeah. I know like it's butt backwards, right? I uh, to go to the uh, get a mortgage, I get through the ringer and every other credit I'm getting it thrown at me. You know what I mean? Literally thrown at me. Um mm -hmm. I like I can uh, I can have more than my down payment mm -hmm. just in credit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and I'm talking about 20% or more just in credit, unsecured. Mm -hmm. Every time I go to bank, you want more? Well, not really, but I know if I ask for it, you're going to say no. So I'll just say yes. <laughs> so, and yeah. yeah. And every year it's been doubling. Right. So with that being said, so you're willing to throw money at me that way. But if I want a mortgage, it's like, you know, give me a booklet worth of stuff. It's like, all righty then. <laughs> and then so, more, more, more and more papers to sign, even as you approach the closing deadline. Oh yeah, I mean, I mind with my mortgage. The day before, they told me they decided they didn't want to. The day before, that's, that's the yeah. day before. That's that's terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Now it got fixed and whatever, obviously, but it's like, oh my god, it's like I didn't even know that was possible to then. So sometimes I'm out there and I'm explaining things to clients that don't buy anything. They can change their mind the day before, and they're like, no, they can't. Yes, mm. they can. Hello, happened to me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not uh, saying it from speculation. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and you're not yeah. the only one that I've heard of that happening to you. So, yeah. well, we've had um, documents thrown at us to sign at like 3:45, no, 4:45 p.m. on closing day. Like, we need to Crazy. get like the money needs to move, and the banks close at five, and you're wanting us to sign more paperwork yeah. <laughs> right before the finish line. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But yeah, going back to you know, congratulations on the moving over. I mean, because that's that's a big step, right? Like it's like even I go through that fear. Like I'm not gonna lie, right? It's it's mm -hmm. my dream. It's where I want to be. And as much as I preach all day on how great this is an investment, I still have that fear. Mm -hmm. So yeah. totally understand it. Yeah. It's definitely but, a leap of faith, and you're really you have to trust yourself to be able to. To keep going yeah it's definitely not easy but it's it's worth it to be able to kind of decide what your day looks like we're like i'm probably busier than i ever was but 100 i did that to myself right no yeah, one else course. did that to me so yeah. that's okay so what, what does your future look like like what is the ultimate goal oh man so even like despite being out of our jobs right now uh we aren't necessarily financially free like we still create active income through like our real estate business so ideally would be to become totally financially free and that was a big part of the leap into multifamily because at one point Jeff and I sat down and we realized how many doors we would need to be financially free and we were like that's a lot of duplexes yeah, to be able to replace our our act like our job income yeah essentially or to cover our expenses I guess at yeah. this point uh, so that's where that transition really came from to get into multifamily, because instead of buying, I don't know, 20 duplexes or whatever that ends up looking like, you know, you can do that in a couple of buildings, which is really, really nice. Um, a part of 
the, I guess the next step in our journey is we actually just became uh, certified real estate investing coaches with the program that we were actually coached under. So that's been a big goal of mine and, and I think yours as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I want to be able uh, to give back to the, to the communities. So. Yeah. True. So that was, that's actually a, a goal that we had, I think maybe not quite this soon, but the opportunity arose and we were like, yeah, of course. So it was a uh, yeah, so we took that opportunity and we're hoping to grow or we will, I guess, grow in that space. And we're really looking forward to that. Um, I know you had some other some other goals that you. It, I mean, it really just boils down to financial freedom. I want to be able to have. Do what I want with my time. If I want to travel, I, I, I don't want to have to worry about how much does it cost? Can I get the time off? I've been like when in my career, I was denied vacation one time. And that was that like threw me over the, it was like Christmas time. We we're going to visit, visit Dakota's family. And I was denied my, my vacation time. So I ended up going, I just had to bring my laptop and, and work and miss mm-hmm. out on some of the family activities, which was, it kind of pushed me over the edge a little bit on that. And, and really, sorry understandably oh yeah absolutely um yeah so it's it's really just to be able to to have my time back yeah and i guess as far as like oof. so i i had set a goal uh a couple weeks you know a couple months ago at this point to have i think it was a thousand doors mm-hmm. in five years mm-hmm. so as a more like i guess numerical goal that's... That, was, that was after you were told to double it i think right no, that was before. Oh, okay. We won't talk about that part. <laughs> our coach to- likes to tell us to double our goals a lot. And I think I ended up at like 4,000 doors in five years. But I don't even know if that if I, if I want that to be my goal. Um, so 1,000 mm-hmm. doors in five years um, is a big goal, but I think an attainable goal. And, you know, if it doesn't end up being that, like we're also interested in land development maybe eventually. So that's the beauty of real estate. Like if you want to go down a different Avenue, there's so many of them. And I do like, I do always recommend whatever you're doing, focus on that at that time and get good at it. Try to um, avoid the shiny object syndrome. Yeah, exactly. Because real estate has a lot of shiny objects. But, so there. Focus, <laughs> focus on your, on your thing. But you know, if at one point you get really, really good at it and you want to explore something new, you know, that for us is probably going to be land development eventually. Fantastic. Now you guys said you had a program, like, are you okay with mentioning what program that you guys became coaches with? Yeah. Uh, so we coach with wealth genius. It's a program that was created by Alfonso Quadra. He's yeah, been yeah. in the business for, oh my gosh, over 25 years. He's seen all kinds of things in the real estate world. So yeah. he has an incredible amount of experience and we were lucky enough to uh, coach directly under him. So uh, he brought us on as coaches for that. So it's, there's actually three different streams in the Wealth Genius program. So we coach under the multifamily stream. Um, and then you can also do land development, which is probably why we were introduced to that and where that interest came from. Mm-hmm. And then investing in the U.S. And there's a lot more to come. Uh, but the program's been incredible. Like I said, we thought we were going to be looking at four plexes and six unit buildings. And suddenly we were walking through 28 unit buildings. So yeah. it's, it, it's been incredible for us and we can't wait to be able to give that back to people who were in the same place. We were looking at four plexes as their ultimate goal. Mm-hmm. 
Awesome. I heard his nickname was the godfather of real estate. <laughs> it is. Yeah. And uh, honestly, he, he lives by it pretty well. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's done some incredible things. So. That's phenomenal. I mean, I mean, like, this is awesome. Like, like I, I'm totally inspired, right? Like, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> like, we appreciate that. <laughs> like, like, even though this podcast is meant for viewers and listeners, it, it, it's sort of like the, I'm pretending it's for the viewers, but it's for me. <laughs> I love it. That's great. Yeah. I mean, that's the best part, right? Like, and even if we've been on podcasts and we've learned things during the podcast. So, you know, that's the coolest part about just conversations like this, mm -hmm. right? For sure. For sure. So I love that. I love that. You guys got the coaching thing going. You got it up. You're looking for 4,000 doors. I mean, I've got an ambitious goal and it's one of the reasons I'm selling my home. I've uh, decided I don't want to be a homeowner anymore because I don't think that I'm not willing to rent out the home I live in mm -hmm. and right. it does nothing but cost me money. Yep. Mm -hmm. I keep telling customers don't buy single family homes. If you're actually investing, go, you want to live somewhere, go live. But if you, if it's for an investment, don't look at it that way. Cause it's not. So yeah. like, I'm looking at it and saying it's time. I practice what I preach instead of just preaching. Yep. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm, yeah, I'm trying to look at things through the eyes of an investor now. So I want to cash out and use the money for investing, not for uh, living. Cause I can live anywhere for, you know, I can probably find a place cheaper to live in than what I can, what I will get from investing. Yeah. That investor lens is very different. Yeah. It's a very different yeah. lens. We, we actually own the home that we're in, that we live in now. But the only reason is because we live out in the boonies. We, we wanted land. And so we're on, we're on two and a half acres and it's really difficult to find something like this for rent. Yeah. We wanted the privacy and just to kind of be a little bit away from the, the hustle and bustle of the city. Yeah. But if it wasn't for that, we'd probably be renting. Yeah. Yeah. See, you were so it's, that way. <laughs> exactly. It totally makes sense. Right. So, and it's good. You guys are determined, you have a goal and you're willing to do whatever it takes to get there. You yep. know, that's, that's, that's what makes it inspiring, right? Like you started off with just a job, you, you know, you went through that uh, part where you had to work instead of getting time off and mm -hmm. you know what I mean? It's, it, it, and you were able to realize, you know what I mean? Like, Hey, this is not the way I want to live. Got to do something. Yeah. Right. So, exactly. and, and so many people complain and whine and boo hoo, woe is me. And, and then 20 years later, they're still doing it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. So, yeah. I I find that one of the most interesting things like people, a lot of people will, will, like you said, will complain or be like, Oh, why, like, why can they do that? That, that doesn't seem right. But the question should be like, how can how, I do that? Yeah. How right? are they doing that? What do I need to do to do the same thing? Yeah. 100%. So with that being said, what would you tell someone? Okay. Like someone has this job, they're nine to five, they don't want to do it forever. And they're mm -hmm. willing to do something about it. They're willing to sacrifice, they're willing to do whatever it takes, but they don't know where to start. What would your advice be? Invest in yourself. Mm -hmm. yeah. So invest in yourself, whether that's, you know, start reading books, if that's where you want to start. But I think ultimately, for us anyways, a big kickstart to our real estate journey was getting a coach. Um, Getting proper education yeah. and, well, I mean, I guess first sitting down and figuring out what it is that you want to do. Yes. Like if you don't like what you're doing, what what is it that you're looking to change? Mm -hmm. That makes yeah. sense. So one, and then once yeah. you figure that out, once you know what you want to do, what you want to change and how you want to change it, figure out who's done that before and... Just go talk to them. Yeah. Either have a conversation with them, 
don't ask to pick their brain. That is one of my least favorite sentences ever. So don't ask that. Not, not because it's gross. It's just, it, it's almost, I just, it's somebody that just wants free information. Yeah. Right. So yeah. Like, offer to take them out for dinner or something like that, yeah. because then at least there's an exchange in that, in that way, mm -hmm. but have uh, a conversation with them and, you know, maybe ask them if they will mentor you, coach you in some sort of a way. Uh, because having that guidance is going to make it a lot easier. Uh, you're not going to have to sort of fumble your way through it, spend a whole bunch of money, uh, spend a whole bunch of your time trying to figure it out. They're mm -hmm. going to accelerate that for you. Yeah. Love that advice, right? Invest in yourself, find mm -hmm. a coach and a mentor. Don't yeah. ask to be uh, pick someone's brain, <laughs> offer them it. something of value. Yeah. Yeah. And right. I always say you pay for education one way or another, whether it's through your own experiences and mistakes or through getting proper education on whatever it is that you're looking to do. Yeah. That's awesome. Now, what was the scariest part of this whole adventure? Oh my Put, goodness. Putting in my resignation. <laughs> uh, oh my gosh. That, that was scary for sure. Um, Honestly, like every step of it has been, and I don't, I don't mean to say this in a way to deter people, but honestly, every step is a little bit scary and yeah. you kind of get used to this concept of being constantly uncomfortable, but that's how you grow. If you aren't uncomfortable, then you're not growing. So yeah. I think the whole, like the whole thing, there's scary steps the whole way and you're going to get super uncomfortable, but that's, that's okay. And that just means that you're growing. So and I like to ask the uh, opposite, which was, I call it that aha moment. And what that aha moment is where you're like, aha, this is it. I'm, I'm in the right spot. I don't know how, if, how far I'm going. I don't know, you know where it's taken me, but I know I'm in the right spot. I know this is it. What was your aha moment? Do you know yours? No, I, I don't. I would so, say it was probably for me anyways. I don't, ours might be different. I don't know. Uh, but for me, it was right after our first project, uh, because like I said, it was not a perfect project. It took a long time. We spent a, like way more money than we should have. I think a lot of people at that point would have just sat down and cried for during a good chunk of it. Mm -hmm. And we came out the other end of it. It was a complete project. We still have it. Like, like Jeff said before, it's cash flowing. And it was coming out after all of that. And realizing that it was something that I wanted to do, you know, like it shouldn't have been, it should have been like, this is the last time I've ever doing this. This is crazy. I don't know why people do this and I'm done. But <laughs> I was like, I was like, no, we fought through this. We got this done and look what again. we created. Yeah. Let, yeah. Like, let's do more of them. So I think that was like a, a weird twisted aha moment. If you can call it that. Uh, that, that I would say would have been mine. I don't, I don't think I have one big aha moment. I've had several aha moments throughout this entire process. And I think that's really because as Dakota was talking about throughout the growth periods and being uncomfortable and coming out the other side and realizing I'm ready to move on to the next step or to be more uncomfortable in a, in a different way. I think it's just multiple aha moments throughout the, the whole course. 
makes like total sense. Thank you. <laughs> okay. I have more time to think about it. <laughs> if we're competing, here's mine. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's you knew awesome. the was coming. That's not fair. <laughs> yeah. Shh, don't tell anyone. <laughs> so with that being said, now, obviously, the market's gone kind of loopy and out of whack. And um, mm-hmm. anyone who's been in real estate long term is normal. But we got so used to the stupidness, as I'll call it. That now that we're getting some form of normal, people don't realize it's normal. Yeah. So how is that affecting your business? It's making it difficult to find a good deal because interest rates are pretty much just killing any deal that we, that we come across. We're underwriting at 6% right now. um, And I imagine that that buffer is going to need to to go up a little bit more as well. Mm -hmm. I think it just means that you have to get more creative yeah. is the biggest thing. Like we've, we've talked more to sellers and sellers agents about how to get creative because they know that financing is going to be difficult. So I think that it just changes the type of conversation that you're having. We always like to be creative, even when things are you know crazy and maybe a good way, I guess. Um, we still like to be creative, but this is when it becomes almost vital to get a bit more creative on how you're going to get deals done um, on sort of the flip side of that. So we actually bring on passive partners for our deals. Uh, so that means like conversations about, you know, passively investing with us. And those conversations have gotten difficult in sort of two different ways where there's one mindset that, you know, things are going to get even cheaper as interest rates go up. So we should wait till the, till that sort of bottoms out. And the other side is, you know, we're, we're too, we're scared. We see what's happening with the interest rates and we don't want to get in. So there's almost these two different mindsets that are making that very difficult conversation. Uh, So I think that's the other side where the market right now has sort of affected our business, but it really just comes down to educating. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. And it's, you know, I can go off on a tangent on this one it's i'll be honest this, this one hits a pet peeve and a kind of a nerve and mm-hmm. uh, as an agent you're going to understand what i'm talking about here like it's kind of the same thing that you're talking about except it's uh you know where people are buying i've heard that same thing over and over and over oh it's going to get cheaper you know what it doesn't friggin' matter because mm-hmm. here's the example i did a an analysis and i wish i brought had the numbers in front of me but i'll give you an example it was something like uh five hundred thousand dollars at three percent ended up being something mm-hmm. like like two thousand and forty nine dollars right now you take the 20 percent off or the 22 percent off that the market has gone down and you apply it to today's market rate and it ended up being 2150 or some stupid number like that mm-hmm. so even with the reduced prices your mortgage rate was higher now, if you calculate $100 times 12, that's $1,200 times 30 years, you really didn't save. You know what I mean? You were better off paying that extra 100000 and let the seller be happy instead of uh, making that seller miserable and, pay, and, and giving the money to the banks, right? But yeah. people don't see that. They just see, ooh, it's 400000 instead of 500000 But you're not ahead. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like the numbers have to work. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I think... Um... You know, we see that as as well in the multifamily space where we're like, it's a good deal, though. Like, does it does it matter if things are going to get cheaper in the next little while? Like we have a good deal in front of you. So mm-hmm. why don't you take advantage of it now instead of trying yes. to predict what's going to happen yeah. in the next couple of months or the next year? Just take advantage of the good deal that's in front of you right now. 
So that, that again, it comes down to educating people and that's the biggest thing because not everybody is as, you know, in tune with what's happening and they're, you know, watching the media and it's this frenzy and that's, you know, a kind of a different story. So yeah, it comes down to educating, but we're definitely, we're seeing that on our side and it's tough. Cause you're just like, yeah, it's a good deal. Just, <laughs> just take the good deal. Yeah. So. And it's hard to catch a falling knife, right? So how do you know, where is, where is the bottom? Are you waiting for the bottom? You're not going to realize that you're at the bottom until it starts going back up again. Right and now you're back in the same position that you were in when you had an opportunity. Previously. 100%. See, I've been in the real estate game long enough to have seen both sides. And I'll tell you that no many times I've been told I'm going to wait because the market is crashing. Oh, it's going to crash. It's crashing tomorrow. I'm not buying today. Then all of a sudden the market goes down. Oh, it's not done crashing. It's going down even more. Mm -hmm. Then what happens is the market turns. Oh, well, I missed the boat. I'm going to wait for it to crash again. Really? <laughs> it's either too expensive or it's too cheap. <laughs> yeah. And it's one of those things that it's like, and that's why sometimes I think the perspective is if a person's serious, they're serious. Mm -hmm. And if they're not, they're not, you know what I mean? I don't think it's, yeah. I think sometimes people come up with excuses because they're scared to pull the trigger. Yeah. Yeah. It really differentiates, especially in times like this, it differentiates between um, like an amateur versus a professional. 100%. Love that. That's absolutely true. So I want to be mindful of your time. So what I'm going to do is ask you two more questions and then get into what I call the lightning round, which is just a couple of fun questions. Oof. Oh boy. Okay. okay. So. Second last question is, how do you know you've had a successful day? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that is a really good question. Um, I don't know. I feel productive, I guess, at the end of it. If I'm tired and I fall asleep and, I, and, I, and I, my mind's not racing because of all the things that I didn't get done. <laughs> that's freaking yeah. awesome. That's, <laughs> that's a good way. Yeah, that's fair. I think there's just... And it, I guess it depends. And sometimes you don't realize if you've had a successful day or not, depending on how you're feeling at the end. But yeah, I think if you come to the end of the day and you're like, you look at your checklist, I, I'm a checklist person. I have sticky mm -hmm. notes everywhere. So if <laughs> I'm not an organized checklist person, I guess, but I'm a checklist person. So if I've like been able to focus on the things I need to get done and I'm not, you know, distracted with my phone maybe or the dog or whatever if i've been able to actually get through my checklist and i can see that that's done to me that's a, su a successful day it doesn't necessarily mean how much time you work like if you worked from 7 a.m to 10 p.m that doesn't necessarily mean it was a productive successful day it, to me it's getting done the, the things that you needed to get done and sometimes that's just one thing and if that's the one thing you need to do and you did it that's a successful day. Well said. Second, last question before the lightning round is where do people find you online? Uh, uh, Facebook and Instagram, yeah. uh, Opinicon Investments. You might want to write it out because <laughs> <it's> <laughs> I'll not, put it in the notes. Word, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually, I got one additional question. How did you guys come up with that name? It's actually, yeah, it is. Um, it is the road that my cottage is on uh, growing up. And that's a big part of our, our why as well is being able to spend time with family uh, at the lake and, and kind of resetting and going offline kind of thing. Yeah. Love so it. It, uh, it sounded cool and uh, it really hit, hit some of our why. Yeah. Phenomenal, man. Absolutely love it.
So going into the lightning round, the first question is my favorite, which is what is your favorite food? Oh my God. I love food so much. This is a hard question. Uh, <laughs> if, if I can go, if I can go very general, I love yes. pasta. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I can understand that. I was going to say pizza. Which Ooh, means I just had that today. Belong in Italy. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a mastermind in Italy right now too, that we're not attending. Yeah. Which is unfortunate, but that's okay. Oh, yeah. damn the podcast. I'm just kidding. <laughs> we would have done the podcast know, in Italy. Yeah. We would have done a much better background. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, favorite vacation spot. Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we actually just got married recently and we're hoping to be able to, we've been to Hawaii. I think it was the first big trip we did together. I think so. You yeah. were working. I was, I was working. on vacation. It was great. Was that's funny. She was but... stuck in the conference and I was learning how to surf. Yeah. That's <laughs> it's fine. But Hawaii, I think then that's where we want to go. Point was, that's where we want to go on our honeymoon eventually. Yes. So. That's phenomenal. I've never been to Hawaii. I uh, got back from Miami uh, went beginning of August, I would say mid August, late August, something like that. So yeah, I, I, I love the warmth, the beaches. The warm weather. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I can totally I recommend get that. Hawaii. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, favorite podcast. Ooh, I um getting into real, uh, maybe I'll use this one because it really helped me get into real estate in general. Um, and it's with, uh, with Irwin, the truth about real estate investing in Canada. I think I'll, mm-hmm. I'll go with that one because that was kind of the kickstart to actually getting involved in real estate. Um, I think obviously other than your podcast, I feel like that's like <laughs> given. <know>. Yeah. <laughs> that's a given. Um, is it school of greatness? Is that what it's called? Yeah. School of yeah. Greatness. Lewis house. Yeah, yeah, I love that podcast. And mm-hmm. it's not uh, real estate focused by any means, but I think it's, again, that's development, right? It's and it's a yeah, and he gets pretty yeah. deep. Yeah, and you, you, can, you can almost find any kind of mindset episode on that podcast. So Yeah, for sure. I love that too. I listen to it. Uh, I'm not a regular on it, uh, you know, listening to his show, but I do every so often. I've, I've got so many on my playlist that it's hard to get through all of them. <laughs> yeah, I typically look for the title and if it if I can resonate with the title of that episode, like whatever it is they're talking about, then I'll... Yeah, exactly. It's, uh, if if a it's few. a hook. Yeah, exactly. 100%. So with that being said, favorite book? Oh, I wish I could remember author's names right now. Um, okay. Could be a title. (laughs) I also have a, so it's called, so the problem is it's called mindset and that is Carol. It's Carol something. Yeah. Say yours and I'll, I'll figure it out. Yeah. I'm thinking about mine. I know it's supposed to be a lightning round off the top of my head. I know. (laughs) We're we're obviously not very good at. I feel like. Um, Rich Dad Poor Dad made a huge impact, yes, um, on my mindset overall, and really put me in the same. So similar to my podcast answer, I'm going to say Rich Dad Poor Dad, and it's Mindset by Carol Dweck. Yes, I did. Yeah, that's right. Um, it looks like a bad textbook from like the 80s or something, but <laughs> I like the I don't 
I don't mean to offend the cover of the book. No, no. But, <laughs> but I was like, I saw it. I was like, oh, I don't Sorry, know about Carol. this. But honestly, it was like, I loved it. It For me, I think it was maybe where I was at the time when I read it. But it it had a huge impact on my mindset. Totally get it. Yeah. Obviously, everything starts with mindset. So it totally mm-hmm. makes sense. So final question of the show is if you had 48 hours with unlimited money where you could do anything in the world that you wanted, but you get to keep what you spend, but what you don't spend disappears. What would you do? Well, I feel like the obvious answer is investing. Yeah. Like, is that too I, obvious? Is it, is it bad if we say that? No, no, it's just your personal feelings. Like, you know, in a way it's smart because if investing is a way to keep it for later without keeping it. That's kind of what I was thinking. Like I'm thinking like, I want to own a jet, but I would, if I, if I lose that money in 48 hours, I can't, I can't, I'm very logical. This is, I'll go. Oh yeah. 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 If you can't pay for the jet when the money disappears. Exactly. It's like when people (laughs) win the lottery and they can't afford the house that they won. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Property taxes on it. Yeah, which yeah. is comical. That's funny. And I, like, yeah. I would have never even thought of that. I would have just said the jet and no concept of where the fuel came from. For me, it's like so. a cash flowing investment that will allow me to buy a jet yeah. and not even think twice about it. I would like go around to some sellers and pay cash for some buildings and then exactly. get some good deals because now you're paying cash for a building and sellers love that. Yeah. So and then you've got cash flow and then you'll build equity in those buildings. And then there you go. You're off to the races. You need a very, you need a seller that wants to sell today. Cause it's 48 Oh, hours. you can find them. <laughs> oh, find well, them. if you have unlimited cash and you have, uh, you know, That's anything true. is possible. Yeah. Everything's for think, sale for the right price. Yeah, yeah exactly. I think true. if you call them and you're like, Hey, I have cash. Are you good to sell? And they're like, sure. Cause at that point I don't care about my ROI. I have unlimited cash. Right. And you're going to lose it anyway. So it's money you never had. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and if that's you paid, awesome you paid cash for it like it's gonna cash flow what a crazy so. discussion <laughs> I like the question. where am i getting this money from now when do we get access to this <laughs> well not for 49.95 times three payments <laughs> <laughs> there we go oh my god that's hilarious that's awesome man i mean great answers guys i i, I had a blast yeah, we Me did too. as well. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. Definitely have to uh, check in again in the future. Mm-hmm. I'm up for it. See how close we are to that like thousand door mark. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I yeah uh, yeah I got my own ambitious goals too, so I'm gonna start nice. working on it. Nice. Yeah. You so, should tell us eventually. I feel like they're very secretive right now, but yeah, well, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. My my objective. I want to hit a billion dollars of real estate in ten years. I don't right. know if that's yes. possible or not, but that's my objective. Possible, a hundred percent. That's possible. I love it. So, fantastic, guys! Thanks so much again, and we'll definitely, uh, like I said, we'll touch base again in the future. Absolutely. Perfect. Thank you Sounds so much. Good. Thanks for having us. Absolute pleasure. If you like what you saw and you want to see more episodes, scroll down and subscribe to the link below. <laughs>